Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message connects with you, that inspires you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged and enjoy the message. Guys, it's great to be back at Park Hill. It really is. So so last week, um, Pastor Kenny came over here. I'm sure you guys enjoyed that. And I was at Sherwood. I enjoyed that. I hadn't seen some of those folks in a long time. And, uh, and it was just really great uh, to kind of reconnect. But you know what? I'm glad to be back here where the cool kids have church. And, uh, and it's, just, it's just super fun because I genuinely believe that we're here on purpose for a purpose. And uh, I know that, that several people, you know, couldn't, couldn't make it today. You know, Leah is not feeling well. And, um, but if you look around, the people that have, have come or who's helping us here in this church, we have one very important thing in common, that we're called in ministry. We're called to ministry, to be a part of it. And, you know, I think of all the people that, that we've, that we picked up along the way that um, that God is setting a foundation here for us to be able to affect change in our community right and I, I genuinely believe that I believe that that God is is starting by laying a foundation so that when revival is unleashed on our community that we'll have the the resources needed to be able to minister to them. Right, and that means that means bringing people along that that have the heart of a pastor, that have the heart of an evangelist, that have that have the the ability to connect with people with hospitality or whatever it is, so that so that we can disciple. Right, there's there's teachers that are are here. There's people that that have the urge to communicate the the word of God, and, and that's for a reason, right? Because 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 we're doing great things and we're on the verge. Of amazing things. So I, I shared a little bit last week when I was in, at Sherwood about some of the, the crazy, amazing things that, that, that we've done. And, and honestly, uh, most of us weren't here a couple of weeks ago. We, we shared, you know, a little bit of our, um, if you call it a business meeting, but kind of the State of the Union address uh, of last year. And I tell you what, for a church our size, I'm telling you, God is blessing us and we are doing incredible things. You know that, that our church supports two ministries, like uh, missionaries, every month that we support missionaries, right? Okay, so you think, too, well, that's not a huge deal. Well, for a church our size, that's a big deal. That's, that's awesome. You know, we gave $1,500 to Speed the Light last year. So, again, not, it's not life-changing, but it may be life-changing to somebody. <laughs> and for a church our size, we gave $1,200 to Jacob's Hope, which is uh, directly ministering in Israel. We have a couple hundred dollars to, to Uganda. We, we've done a lot of incredible stuff. We, we're reaching the community through the Ridge Road Elementary School. And you know what's super awesome about that? Is that that was a divine appointment that I had nothing to do with. Right? That, that, that was completely like God working with a divine appointment through Leah. Who I mean, it's not like me or Pastor Candace or Pastor Courtney, right? This is, this is people. I'm telling you, God is bringing ministers to walk alongside of us to be, to be able to reach the community. And, and that's, that's what's happening, and it's so awesome. By the way, 
We got an amazing thank you card. I think uh, Pastor Candace shared that with most folks, but but an incredible thank you card uh, from the Ridge Road Elementary. So, so one of the people that came through for our free yard sale uh, sent us a thank you because you know what? It matters. It matters. What we're doing is making a difference. Now, to be honest, we're just scratching the surface, right? But what we're doing is making a difference. And what we're going to do is going to be incredible. There's got to be somebody in our generation to bring the full message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's got to be somebody. There has to be a voice that will continue the uncompromised, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ right here in central Arkansas. So we've got to do several things. We've got to first pray for revival. We've got to pray for awakening. And if you can't join us on Wednesday as we pray, you know what, I get it. You know, Wednesdays are tough. You know, I've got a full-time job. Pastor Courtney has a full-time job. Wednesdays, we kind of just you know, shuffle in and hope that nothing breaks. Because Wednesdays are tough. And if your schedule doesn't allow you to come, fine. But please, set a reminder in your phone. Wednesday night, at some point, pick a time. 8 o'clock, great. Why not? And pray for revival. Pray that God will open doors of opportunity for us, that he's going to increase our influence, that he's going to rebuke the hand of Satan and all delusion. Pray that, pray that he's going to, that God would, would give us protection and favor over the people that are here at the church and, and call, I mean, it's, it's, you should know everybody's name here, right? And if you don't, ask and I'll tell you on the side, right? But, but pray for, for our family here at Church, pray pray a hedge of protection. Pray that our anointing will increase and that the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be present and that angel ministry will be at work. Because time is very, very short. Some commentators, you know, everyone's jumping on the, the Russia-Ukraine bandwagon and, and everyone's talking about, could this be the end? You know, could this be it? And honestly, I don't know. Like, this is the face of, I don't know. Because there's been too many people through the years that have tried to fit, you know, modern stuff, news headlines into Bible prophecy. And, and some people have just gone too far. And honestly, I just don't know. I don't know. It, it, over the past hundred years, I would have had money that the whole Hitler, the Nazi Germany thing, that that would have been it. Because they were definitely targeting Israel. I would have lost my money on that one. I would have put my money on the Yom Kippur War back in 1973. Because talk about timing, right? I mean, that's like on the day, and then they're going to war, and then, then nothing. So I don't know if this thing is going to fizzle out or if it's going to get real crazy. I just don't know. But I do know that God is in a hurry. Because if it's not like right now, then he's just right around the corner. right? Because I'm seeing everything line up. I don't know the day or the hour, but I do know that we must be about our Father's business. That we must work while it's day. That's what Jesus says. you got to work while it's day because the night is coming when no one can work. And this is it. This is the time. Whether, whether we've got another several years or whether we've got another several minutes, we've got to be about the Father's business right now. We're going to do this on two arenas, right? We're going to pray. Right? Because the, Jesus also said, pray the Lord of the harvest, that it's in our laborers into the field, right? So we're going to pray for laborers, and we're going to say, hey, I'll go. Right? Who will go for us, right? 
here am I, send, send me. We've got to pray because we also have to work. And it's the work part that we're actually going to talk about today. And full disclosure, I shared the same uh, or very similar message last week at Sherwood. But honestly, I had this one cooking for us, right? Before, before uh, Pastor Kenny invited me over there. It's true for the Big C Church because I, I believe that. It's true uh, for Sherwood because we're of the same mind. But I think it's especially true for the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill and where we are in what God is going to do through us. Guys, we're going to Joshua chapter number 17 this morning. And, uh, and it's, Joshua is, is one of these incredible books. Um, and, and a lot of us know a few of the stories out of it, right? So we know about Jericho and we know about some things like that. But, but most people don't really read through the whole book. And, and so context is king. So I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on here in Joshua 17. So the children of Israel had, had crossed into the promised land, right, under the command of Joshua. So Moses dies in the wilderness um, and Joshua takes over. Moses got to see the promised land, but he didn't get to go in it. Joshua takes over, and he is now the commander-in-chief of the Israelites. And the Israelites are going to possess the land. Right? Now, God had promised it to them eons ago, like a long time ago. And then, you know, they spent all of that time in slavery in Egypt. And then now they got delivered from Egypt with, with the Passover. And they, they saw the amazing promise of God as they were wandering in the wilderness. And after all of this time, it's leading up to them finally moving into their inheritance. And what we see in the book of Joshua is they're finally taking control of what God had promised eons ago. And so God takes them into the promised land, and, and it's awesome. And he does it through incredible works you, you you may remember the story where where as they get ready to cross the jordan that the priests step into the river and it just stops flowing and they're able to walk across on dry ground it's awesome and then they go into battle some battles really great like the story of jericho and then some battles israel has to learn the hard way that they've got to fight the way god says and not the way they think that they should right and so so they win a lot they lose a few but as they as they continue to serve the lord their god our god that he delivers them in a mighty mighty way over the course of, of several years, the Bible doesn't say exactly, but most commentators will say it's between five and seven years. Over the course of several years, Israel drives out the nations that are there. Little by little, that's what the book of Deuteronomy promised. Little by little, they drive out the nations that are there. And finally, at the end of this seven-year period, or however long it was, finally, they have all of the land subdued. Now, God told them to cast out all of the nations. Right to completely destroy them, but Israel wasn't great at listening. So, so they did. They conquered the whole area, but they left some of the people uh, there already. Left some of the Canaanites and some of the other ites, and they were really a thorn into the side of Israel. And so, so they finally conquered all of this land. And now, in Joshua 17, we see that that at the end of the time of conquest. Joshua divides up the land, and he gives it to each of the tribes of, of Israel. Now, we talk about the 12 tribes of Israel, right? And it turns out that one of the tribes, Levi, the tribe of the priest, 
And the priest didn't get an inheritance because God was their inheritance. And instead of, having, instead of getting land that they had to, to, to plant and to harvest, uh, God allowed them to live on the tithe, right? Because they were the priests. So, so they didn't get an inheritance. So to maintain the extra 12, the sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, got an inheritance. So, so there's two to one, and that made up so they get 12 divisions. Why am I telling you all this? Well, I'm telling you this because Joseph was the favorite son of Israel. Remember, remember the coat of many colors, right? Remember that he was the favorite son, which got him sold into slavery in Egypt. So that wasn't so great. Right? So Joseph, he was the favorite one and the most blessed. And so his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, they carried that generational blessing. And so, so even as they had conquered all of this land, and even as they were ready to settle down, Ephraim and Manasseh were overflowing with, with livestock and flocks and just incredible blessings. Blessing so much that there wasn't room enough to receive it. And that's actually kind of where we get into the context of this. You see, Joshua right, had given Ephraim and Manasseh a great piece of land. It was amazing. It was huge. It was so half tribe of Manasseh stayed on the east side of the Jordan, but but on the west side you had a half tribe of Manasseh plus Ephraim, and they had a huge swath of land that went all the way over to the Mediterranean Sea. It was fertile land. It was beautiful land. But there were some Canaanites involved, and what happened was that the borders that they were actually able to inhabit were a lot smaller than the inheritance that they should have been able to claim. Because the Canaanites were there, and, and they had all this stuff. And they said, okay, well, you know what? My borders are actually pretty small with what I can possess. And so they said, you know what? Uh, okay, we went back to Joshua and, and said, Joshua, we've got a problem here. The problem is that the land you gave us is too small for all the blessings that I have. And this is the exchange that we see in Joshua 17, beginning of verse 14. The people of, of Joseph, so this is Ephraim and Manasseh, right? The people of Joseph said to Joshua, Why have you given us only one allotment and one portion for an inheritance? We're a numerous people, and the Lord has blessed us abundantly. If you're so numerous, Joshua answered, and if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, then go up into the forest and clear land for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and Raphites. And the people of Joseph replied, well, the hill country is not big enough for us either. They said, hill country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots fitted with iron, both those in Bethshan and the settlements of those in the valley of Jezreel. But Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, You're very numerous and very powerful. You will not only have one allotment, but the forested hills, hill country as well. Clear it, and its farthest limits will be yours. Though the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron, and though they're strong, you can drive them out. Ephraim and Manasseh come to, come to Joshua and say, man, our stuff is too great. We've got too much, and we need more space. And Joshua says, look, 
if you need more space, go get it. Twice, Ephraim and Manasseh, twice they come and say, look, we've got to have more space. And twice Joshua says, if you need more, it's readily available. You are strong enough. Go fight for it and take what's yours. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what. We're so blessed with the anointing that we have and the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. We're so blessed with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which has set us free and it's on our lips, ready to set others free. We're so very blessed. But a lot of times we come to God and we say, God, we are so blessed with what you've given us and increase our borders now. And God, give us more. Give us more. Give us more of revival. Give us more of anointing. Give us more of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Give us more blessings. We come before Him all the time and we say, God, give us more. And rightfully so, and that's fine. But I wonder how many times the Lord says, I agree. I agree. You need more influence. You do. You need, you need more anointing. You need more of my presence in you. You need more boldness. I agree. So go get it. This morning, be encouraged to advance the kingdom and increase your influence. Be encouraged to increase you. God has well equipped us to, to fulfill our full inheritance. And I'm telling you, when, when I think about this church, I don't see the way that it is right now. Right? I, I, see, I see what's, what's brewing inside of some people. Right? I see rock star planet changers in all generations, by the way. I, I, I see people that are carrying a message that can't be stopped. I, I see a foundation laid that is strong. And it doesn't matter how crazy the world gets. I, I see that there is a rock solid word of God and presence of God here that's going to do something incredible. That's the way that I see it. But it's clear that we're not in our full inheritance yet. It's clear that our borders need to expand. And today, 100%, we've got to continue to pray. We're, we're setting aside dedicated time on Wednesday and other times. We're going to pray for revival and we're going to pray for these things. But I'm also understanding from the word of God that there's a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. So we've got to make room. A couple of observations from the text. First, your blessings may outgrow your borders, but they won't outgrow your inheritance. See, there's a difference between your borders and your inheritance, and this is what, what Ephraim and Manasseh were struggling with. Right? Borders represent what you possess. Inheritance represents what you're promised. Those two things are not the same. And we, as a church, we may have filled our borders Talking about this church specifically. The Big C church, at, you know, fine. But, but for us, we may have filled our borders, but we have not stepped into our inheritance. At this time, we may have, have reached the end of our sphere of influence where we can't invite anybody else to church because we've already invited everybody that we know. We may have, have reached the, the end of our ideas to do outreaches. And we had a baby kangaroo. I don't know what else to do. We may have, have reached the edge of what we can do right now, but, but we haven't reached the edge of our inheritance. We may have just reached the edge of 
our borders. We're so blessed. And at some levels, maybe even we're saturated with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Maybe at some levels we're even saturated where we've got all the gifts of the Holy Ghost in us that we can possibly contain. That we're walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're even saturated in those things and it has filled up who we are at this moment. But I got to say, ladies and gentlemen, if, if we accept the way our borders are, then we're going to live below our inheritance. We've got to be ready to, to move, enjoy our current level of victory, enjoy our current level of anointing, praise God for those things, but, but don't be satisfied with that either because I honestly, I believe that there's more. I think that right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit that's available here in this corporate anointing and is available in you specifically and personally, I think right now you can ask the Lord for something and you've got ears to hear what the Spirit says. I believe that. I believe that right now that that we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. But you know what? That's maybe the edge of our border, but that's not where we're supposed to be in our inheritance. Because when I look at the Word of God, I see that there is more power to be had. When I, when I read the end of the book of Mark, Mark 16, 17, and 18, you know this. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's big. And that's bigger than what we're experiencing right now. So I'm saying that there may be more out there. We may be at the edge of our borders, but we're not at the edge of our inheritance yet. In Acts 5, we see, we see people pulling folks out of the, hey, get up, get up, get out here on the street, just in case Paul's shadow will follow on you. It's not happening yet. I believe that that's out there. It's not happening yet that, that 1 Corinthians 2, 4, that I, I met my message and my preaching are not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power. Because I, I, like, me personally, and I, I know Pastor Courtney's kind of in the same boat, like, we try, right? We, we, we take, like, I put pages and pages of notes, and I do all kinds of research for my sermons, and it takes me forever to try to get stuff together. But, but you know what's going to happen in this revival that's coming? It's not going to be because I can put some nifty words together. I can make a cool graphic, right? It, it, it's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. It's going to make people stop out here on 107 and feel something different. We're at the edge of our borders, but we're not in our inheritance because that is our inheritance. We have some great services, but have you noticed that the best services that we've had here are when people come in that need something? Because, you know what, there's a lot of, there's a lot of power that's stored in a mountain lake. There's a lot of energy that's stored there. But the power doesn't happen until it starts flowing, right? Think about the Greer's Ferry Lake, right? You, you drive over the over the the dam site, right? On one side you get the lake, and it's just like a few feet off of off of the off the dam. On the other side, you're like, wow, that's deep. It's a couple hundred feet. There's so much energy that's stored there, but you don't get to use the power until it starts flowing. <laughs> So I'm telling you guys, if we can if we can start expanding our borders, there's going to be a whole new level of anointing, and it's going to happen right here. It's going to happen. 
We've been given so much. But to get more than what we have right now, we've got to expand our borders and take hold of our full inheritance. So, well, why don't we? Well, number two, it's a lot easier to ask than to earn. And this is, this is all over the text, right? So, so Ephraim and Manasseh have this huge and beautiful, amazing inheritance. They still come to Joshua and say, it's not big enough. Because it's, it's hard. <laughs> the Canaanites, they're, they're tough. They can grow beards. They've got chariots fitted with iron. It's hard. And we're scared. So Joshua, why don't you just give us something that's easy? It's easier to ask than to earn, right? Said every teenager ever who wanted a $20 bill. <laughs> it's easier to ask than to earn. Now, Ephraim and Manasseh, they asked twice until it finally sunk in that, that they were able to go get it. Now, again, huge disclaimer here. We should continually ask for God. We should continually ask God for more. That, that's, that's part of it, right? Ask and I'll give the nations to you, right? That, that's part of it that we should continually ask. We should continually pray for awakening and revival. And we set aside time in our day. You know, every day we, we pray the daily prayer covering. And some of you guys were, were at Sherwood where, where, we, where we received that. And every day we're asking God for, for ministry opportunities, open doors of ministry, right? God ordained encounters, ministry positions. Every day we're asking God to do those things. And that is good and right. But unfortunately, the church in America has asked God for revival for years and didn't see a huge change because they weren't willing to work for it also. And that's where our church has to be a little bit different. We've got to continue to pray. And while we're praying, when the Holy Spirit drops something in our minds that we should do, okay, yes, pray about it, but then also go do it. You know, I remember the, the story we just talked about Moses you know, getting ready to, to lead the children of Israel across the Red Sea. Well, he gets to the Red Sea, and, and there's, there's a sea on one side, and, and there's an Egyptian army on the other side, and he goes to God and says, oh my gosh, God help me. And you know what God says? What are you doing? Why are you asking me? Take your rod. <laughs> Let's do this. See a miracle. And I think sometimes telling you revival is at hand and revival is in us and so yeah we got to continue to ask god and to pray but under the leadership of the holy spirit we've got to figure out how to possess the land and then we've got to work it we've got to do it we've got to speak you know all these people out there they're saying you know live as jesus would and just let your light shine through your lifestyle and yes absolutely because because if your words don't match your lifestyle, then, then you have no credibility. But if it's only a lifestyle and not words, then it can also be confusing. Eventually, we've got to share the name of Jesus. Eventually, we've got to, to pray for somebody in public. Eventually, eventually, we've got to let what's inside of us flow freely through us. But it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. 
and you know, it's the same thing for our, our person. I'm talking about the church because it, it's the same thing for our personal lives. Right? We're, we're praying for financial breakthrough. Then you know what? Continue to pray for financial breakthrough. But when God gives you wisdom on what to do or a, or a job opportunity, then take it because we've still got to do stuff, right? I mean, I, I hope God just puts a new C8 Corvette in my driveway. I go out every morning and look. And <laughs> no, nah, that's not true. I lied. Sorry, God. <laughs> but but I hope that I hope that we're just incredibly blessed. But I'm also understanding that, that God is going to give us an opportunity and then we have to take it. And we believe that. And it's easy to to talk about it in financial terms because that's just the way we're, we're used to operating. Right. It's the same thing in revival terms that God has given us an anointing. He's given us. He's given us an inheritance. I believe that. I believe that God has already served notice to the powers and principalities right around our church that He's already said, no, 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 this is theirs. I already see the addictions that operate around here, that the spirit of the age that operates around here, that there have already been served notice. And I believe that they're scared. I believe that this is our inheritance. Now, our borders don't match our inheritance, but I believe that once God puts some, some opportunities in our path, that God gives us the words to speak, that when we start stepping out of our comfort zone and allow that anointing to flow through us, then we begin to push back the borders to the edge of our inheritance and we do something awesome. But it's hard. It's hard in our society to use the name of Jesus because you're going to be labeled a bigot. It's hard in our society to invite people to church because everyone's been been pretty used to just, you know, sofa surfing on Sunday morning, right? It's hard to do the right thing. It's hard to stand against attacks. And this, this is free, but this is this is very following Jesus costs you. Salvation is free. But following Jesus costs you. And to be a leader, and I'm looking at leaders, to be a leader in revival is going to cost you more. Every, every person, Kenny and I, it, it, oh gosh, we went through this, this time period, and it was, it's actually very horrible, where every youth sponsor that we had came against a, an attack. And most of them fell because they weren't strong enough to stand against it. If you choose to be a leader in revival, and I know you are because you're here, right? This is like, again, this is foundation, God setting up pillars. If you choose to be a leader in revival, the enemy will come against you, and he's going to come hard. So if you just if you want to skate through life and be a camouflage Christian, you can probably do that and no one will ever know and it'll be fine and all is well. It's easier to ask than to earn. And if we want to start earning, if, if, if we want to start earning more influence in our community, if we want to start pulling people out of the fire, if, if we want to earn greater anointing because we're using it and there's this, this principle of stewardship flowing through our lives, it's hard. And the enemy's going to come after you. You got to be ready. Thankfully, last but not least, we're well equipped to conquer. We're well equipped. 
I believe in peace through superior firepower. There's no negotiation with our enemy. There's no room for that. There's no room for compromise. There are some things that are worth fighting for and taking no prisoners. And when we talk about eternal souls, then that qualifies. What are you going to do to create ministry opportunities? What are you going to do to get more anointing? What are you going to do to walk in closer step with the Holy Spirit? What are you going to do to claim the promises of God over your family, over your finances, over your influence? What is between you and the Holy Spirit? Backed up by solid counsel in the Word of God. When God tells you how to move, then move. How is what I'm going to talk to you about for just 30 seconds. How is with courage. Be strong and very courageous, the Bible says. We are well equipped to conquer. It's not going to be easy. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling the reality that the enemy, when, when you step into an anointing, when you step into a calling, the enemy is going to, to step up also. and He's going to resist you, right? The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? So you are well equipped to conquer so what you've got to do what i've got to do what we as a church have to do is step into some courage courage to take on darkness courage to expand our borders ephraim and manasseh they were well equipped but they were too scared to get out there and to push back the the canaanites and to step into their inheritance until Joshua slapped them around and said, get up and go do it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit today and over the course of the next couple of weeks is going to start slapping some of us around to show us how strong we really are. You really can affect the destinies of people that you love. You really can pray for people as if you're pulling them out of the fire and then share the gospel with them. You really can push back darkness in spiritual realms. That when you're driving around, you don't have to wait for someone else to call a prayer meeting. You can drive around this neighborhood, your neighborhood, and you can rebuke the darkness, and you can rebuke the addiction, and you can rebuke the, the spirit of the age, the strong, the strong delusion that the enemy has sent. You can rebuke those things. You can do those things. Because you've got courage to do it. You got courage to claim the promises of Deuteronomy 28 over your life. You got courage to live generously, to, to live joyfully. You've got courage to live in peace. Be strong and very courageous. And what God has promised you, continue to pray and seek His face, but also go get it. Go get it. When God opens the door, even if it's just a crack, go through it. We're going to step into our full inheritance, guys. We've got to expand our borders. And while it's easy to ask God to do it for us, He's left us in charge of advancing the kingdom. So let's take what we have. Let's, let's push back our borders. Let's expect to receive. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at 
The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. If you live in the Central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to be part of our live community. You can join us Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at the Old Park Hill Elementary Building. That's at 3801 JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.